When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. This episode of Writing Excuses has been brought to you by our listeners, patrons, and friends. If you would like to learn how to support this podcast, visit www.patreon.com slash writing excuses. Season 12, Episode 38. This is Writing Excuses. What do editors really want? 15 minutes long, because you're in a hurry. And we're not that smart. I'm Dan. I'm Howard. And with us on this episode, we have Kat Rambo and Tony Weisskopf. Say hello. Hello. Hey, y'all. Awesome. Let's uh, take a minute just to introduce yourselves. Kat, tell us a bit about yourself. I'm a writer and editor. Uh, I write a lot of short stories. I've got a couple of novels, and I am the current president of the Science Fiction and Fantasy Writers of America. Fantastic. And Tony? Uh, I am publisher of Bain Books. We publish science fiction and fantasy and have been doing so for over 30 years. Awesome. Well, great. Thank you very much for being on the show. And we're excited to have you because most of the time we're talking to authors. And today we get to talk to people who have really strong editing experience. And so let's start with the question in the title, what do editors really want? Well, I mean, the obvious answer, of course, is chocolate and bourbon. <laughs> I, I think also of the Snoopy cartoon when, 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 where he, he, he's sitting and he's reading his rejection letter. He's saying, no, you didn't understand. What I really wanted was a contract and $50,000. Yeah. Uh, and, of course, the, that's what the editor wants, too. The, the editor wants to give you the contract for your, be, for your bestseller and $50,000. Uh, we are always hoping that the next book that we read is going to be the next Robert Heinlein, the next Andrew Norton the next Anne McCaffrey, the next Brian Herbert, the next Roger Zelazny, what have you. Um, Except we want it to be all brilliant and new and not the same. Yeah. And I think that's something that a lot of aspiring writers, especially if they've been at it a while unsuccessfully, they forget that. And they think the deck is stacked against them. Really, when a submission comes into you, you're rooting for it to succeed. Absolutely. Deep deep down in our shriveled little hearts, we want (laughs) to be able to write that giant contract, and we want, we are rooting for you. Um, The problem is uh, that uh, the impulse to tell stories is universal. This is a human universal narrative. We all want to tell them. It's one of the ways that we shape and engage our universe. Um, Universal is a big slush pile. Um, So... Against our will, experienced editors will find that uh, we are uh, looking for reasons to reject rather than reasons to buy. Uh, And it's something that I, as a publisher, talk to my editors about. Um, It's part of our editor training is to train Mm -hmm. yourself out of that. Um, That said... Right right now, our listening audience... (laughs) 
Uh, I'm sure that, that in their furiously scribbled notes, they have chocolate, bourbon, and shriveled little hearts. <laughs> shriveled little hearts. <laughs> yeah. um, but yeah, you, you, want, you want to buy, you, you want to buy a book. You want, you want a book that's, that, that works. Yeah. And if I might say something that I, I think editors don't want, uh, when I was working with Fantasy Magazine, I, th- I think some folks were coming in with the illusion that I wanted a story that once I put my magical touch on it would be wonderful. Oh, God. You know, so it'd be like a halfway there story, and then I would somehow elevate it into wonderfulness. No, I want the writer to do the work. Uh, yeah, absolutely. So let's talk for a minute about that, you know, assuming that you've already then, you know, accepted the story and that you're working with the author, uh, what are you looking for at that point from the author? When you're working with the author, um, uh, you're looking for the same thing that your director in your high school play looked for. Um, that is the ability to take direction. Um, and that doesn't mean to mindlessly do what it is that the director says, but to take uh constructive criticism and to take suggestions and then filter it through your Mm -hmm. own sense of what the character should be, what the story should be, and make it better. Um, The editor is going to bring, ideally, uh, different eyes, uh, a sense of what the market is going to be, uh, a sense of uh, saleability, um, experience working with other authors, and all of that should, ideally, help the author achieve their vision. Because that's what the editor wants, is to achieve the author's vision. Not to achieve the editor's vision, but yeah. to help the author get to their vision, reach a larger audience. Well, except that the editor's vision includes bourbon and chocolate, and you want to make sure that this story works <laughs> in support of... Well, you see, the thing is, bourbon and chocolate cost money. <laughs> exactly, exactly. There's, you, need, you need the story to work in, fa- in, in favor of some fungible sort of thing that drives the bourbon and the chocolate. And that... That's the question that I always have uh, for editors and for publishers. Um, as authors, we're told, now don't, don't write to the market, don't write to the market, don't write to the market. You guys often buy to the market, though. And I, how, do we, how, do we bridge, how do we bridge that gap? How, as an author, do we work with an editor so that you're getting... I think any author that is writing and thinking about how to sell the work instead of writing the work is going astray. And, and I, I absolutely agree with that. I, I think you, the, the first audience that you have to sell it to is yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, now, not everything that you write is going to have a giant audience. Um, but if you're not liking what you're doing, then nobody else is going to either. Um, re- readers are like are, are like uh, like dogs; they can smell crap. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's going to be on a button. So. <laughs> readers are like dogs. There, now we have the tagline for this episode. So that's perfect. Um, so what I have noticed with my own work is that when I write what I think the editor or the market wants, I'll usually end up with something serviceable but mm-hmm. not great. Correct. Whereas, you know, for example, the, the, uh, the book that I have coming out this month in November um, – that is a crazy weird idea that I was really passionate about and it's bizarre and yet it's gotten some of the best advanced reviews I've ever mm-hmm. had. And it's mm-hmm. because I, I humbly assume it's because that that passion is what's showing through yeah, and that people are excited about 
you know, they're excited about the story because it's obvious that I was excited about the story. And I, and I think that's true. Um, you know, there's always a balance to be made. You know, the fact is that the things that some people are very passionate about are things that not a lot of other people are passionate about. And that may reach a very teeny tiny, very directed audience. Um, and it may just be, you're just freaking weird. And that's, <laughs> and that's okay too. Yeah. Um, you know, we, in, the, in the greater scheme the, of The things. freaking weird people buy a lot of books. Yeah, so they do. That's great. Uh, let's pause. Hey, writers. Are you thinking about learning a new language? I think exploring the world, experiencing other cultures, and being able to communicate with people outside your everyday experience lets you create richer, better stories. A great way to do that is with Rosetta Stone, a trusted expert for over 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered. They use an immersive technique which leads to fast language acquisition. It's an intuitive process that helps you really learn to speak, listen, and most of all, think in the language you're trying to learn. They also feature true accent speech recognition technology that gives you feedback on your pronunciation. It's like having a voice coach in your home. Learn at home or on the go with a desktop and mobile app that let you download and access lessons even when you're offline. And it's an amazing value. A lifetime membership gives you access to all 25 languages, including Spanish, French, Italian, German, Japanese, and, of course, Korean. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Writing Excuses listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. For a minute, actually, each one of you has a book that you are going to tell us about. Uh, so take just you know 15, 20 seconds each, and uh, and tell us about the book. Now, uh, Tony, you want to tell us about Through Fire by Sarah Hoyt. I, I do. It's uh, a science fiction novel set in a future that is uh, not too, too far, far away. Um, And unfortunately, we've just gone through an election, and I think this uh, novel will be helpful to all of us. Um, And cathartic, let's put it that way. The novel is titled Through Fire, and let us hope that the election does not take us in this direction. (laughs) (laughs) It's an ominous book description. All right. Um, Kat, you have a new collection out. Tell us about that. I do. It's uh, another double-sided. I'd done a a double-sided collection of science fiction, and this is a double-sided collection of fantasy with secondary world fantasy on one side and fantasy set in our world on the other side. Cool. What's it called? Neither Here Nor There. Yeah, so that is Neither Here Nor There by Kat Rambo that is new this month. 
and Through Fire by Sarah Hoyt. So look those up in your preferred location and medium and anything else and read them. Okay, now I want to get into some more kind of gritty, nitty-gritty questions. When you, are, when, you, when you read something as an editor and you say, here's an obvious problem, what is your next step? Do you come up with a solution or do you simply present the problem to the author and let them find a solution? Is there some middle ground there? What, 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 what do you do at that point? I, 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 I'm smiling because I, I think of this as, uh, as a challenge to the author. If I, if I see a problem, I will almost always suggest a fix. And my intention and my expectation is that the author will take a look at this and go, oh, well, no, I'm not going to do that. Instead, I'm going to do this. And mm-hmm. this is going to be way better than my that. Um, the, my, my suggestion for a fix is always going to be a challenge to the author. Um, and the kind of authors who are fun to work with mm-hmm. take it as such. Yeah. Well, and it's like Kat was saying earlier that, you know, the editor doesn't want to have to do all the work herself. And that you, you know, you, you want that author to step up and come up with something new and unique and original and brilliant and, you know. That's, that's part of helping them find their own voice, yeah. right? Oh, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. So we want, you know, so that, that's the first takeaway here for, uh, for the people out there listening. It's okay to say no to an editor. It's okay to, to go in a different direction than the one they suggest. I, I, I'm not going to claim to speak for all editors. Um, for, for, for me, for, for editors at my house, absolutely. It's, it's, it's a collaborative process. Mm-hmm. Um, and the ideal collaboration is I read the book, it's fantastic, and I sign a check. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> less work for me. Okay, so what are, what are some other things uh, that you might be able to suggest to our first-time authors out there. They've just sold a work. They're working with an editor. They maybe don't know uh, what's going on. What are, what are some common pitfalls or some, some advice that you would give? Be timely and send contracts back and send author bios <laughs> in the first time they ask for them. And that sort of thing is, is because if you don't, editors are putting a little check mark in their mind going, oh, this is that guy that I had to badger about the contract. And, and, and I think a lot of that is fear of the unknown. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it, it's one of these things where get to know your editor um, and in talking about getting the bio back. Yeah. Um, the excellent is you know, the enemy of the good. It does not have to be a perfectly polished pearl of one paragraph of your bio. It just needs to be in, and then if it's ugly, somebody else will polish it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. one, of the, one of the things that I like to, uh, like to tell myself when I'm avoiding some sort of communication, is will this news get better if I wait? Oh, that's brilliant. Yes. Okay? Yes. Because if I'm holding off on talking because, oh, I I really don't want to say I hate your suggestions, but I hate this. Is that going to get better if I wait? Well, it'll get better if I wait if instead of sending the email, I fix the thing that's broken and offer a solution. But if it's not a problem like that, then what I need to do is just muscle myself up to the keyboard and send the email yeah. and, and hope I haven't poisoned the water. Um, that, for me, I, I've been doing work as an art director recently, and I dread opening every email from my artists because what if I hate what they sent me? Mm. Yep. Um, what if they hate what I'm asking them to do? What if there's pain in this? 
And, and so I totally feel that relationship that an author might have with an editor. If the news isn't going to get any better by waiting... Uh, yeah, no, that, 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 that's lovely. And, and, and I do art directing at, at Bain, too. And 99% of the time, when you ask somebody to make a change, they'll go, oh, yes, this is very easy to do. And, and all of the, the angst that you've put on it just dissipates. Um, and the same is true with writing to editors. But the longer you wait... Yeah. the harder you run into deadlines. And yes. deadlines, when you're talking with marketing, um, timing, and soliciting of books, and the more people who get involved with it, the harder it is to make that change, the worse the news gets. So, well, if, Yeah, if you've had, you know, oh, I, I had a car accident, and my grandmother's in the hospital, and my writing time has been cut to one-third, and I'm not going to make the deadline. Boy, that news is not going to get any better if I sit on it. I just need to tell you now. Yes, absolutely. Um, because there are things that can be done earlier in the cycle yes. that can't be done later in the cycle. So keeping the lines of communication open with your editor as, an, as a new young writer is it's, the thing to do. Don't, don't treat your editor like your parent. I mean, like sometimes you get people and there's like a, this weird projection that goes on. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We don't like nagging people. No, we don't. Yeah, I mean, conversely, you know, editors can't treat their authors like children either. That's true. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, and, and I, I would also say, you know, an editor is not necessarily your boss either. No. no. You know, they, they, they are a collaborator. Exactly. Uh, that you're both trying to work together. Quick question for you. Is there an incident, uh, is there something you've asked of an author or something an author that has, at, an author has asked of you you don't have to drop any names, that has stuck with you as something that is exemplary or, oh, geez, never do this, uh, or it's just hilarious. Um, <laughs> something, something from your trenches. I probably should have warned you about this I, question earlier. I had earlier. someone who got very upset with the rejection slip and wrote in to tell me how much their mother liked the story. And that is something that I would personally avoid doing oh, because man. I don't think mothers are a good arbiter. Well, my mother would have. Well, your mother might. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, I mean, uh, arguing with rejection letters is 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 bootless. There's there's just no point to it. Um, No good can come of it. Uh, And much ill. And much ill. Yes. So yeah, we've we we, we've had that too. And and no, we will never work with you again. Um, And and we regret sending you the kindly rejection letter that led you to believe that we would want to have this conversation. Uh, it, 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 well, well, what it does is it poisons the water for everybody else. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So They need to let people into the room here with us pretty quickly here. So, yeah, so let's uh, finish up. I'm very excited uh, to hear our homework, which is what I have written down as the Weisskopf possum theory. Oh, God, we don't have enough time for that. <laughs> the uh, Yeah, I, t- telling the possum story would be at least 10 minutes. Oh, well, we can't do that. Can you give us like a 10-second version of it? Cat, go first. <laughs> Here's my writing advice. Okay. Try something new this week. If you always write indoors, go write outdoors. If you always write by hand, try it on a typewriter and just mix it up a little. Awesome. See what happens. That's great advice. All right, this has nothing to do with possums, but um, listen, <laughs> listen to dialogue. Um, sit down and write down how, if you can, how people actually talk. Um, this is not how you write dialogue, but it will help you writing dialogue. Yeah, you say listen to dialogue. Advice. Listen to people speaking to each other, not mm-hmm. TV dialogue. Yeah. Listen to people yeah. talking. Yes. Yeah, Aaron Sorkin. Uh, That's why you're the writer. <laughs> one of my favorite bits of writing advice he gives is, 
go sit in a coffee shop for an hour and just listen to people talking to each mm-hmm. other. Yeah. Awesome. Well, that is our show. Uh, thank you very much, Kat and Tony, for being here. We're very excited. Thank you. Uh, and, thank you. Uh, everyone else, you're out of excuses. Now go write. Writing Excuses is a Dragonsteel production, jointly hosted by Brandon Sanderson, Dan Wells, Mary Robinette Kowal, and Howard Taylor. This episode was mastered by Alex Jackson. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors, and add blocks. No custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.